Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Okay, hi everybody. Uh, Welcome back. Episode 10. Um, Just before we get started, Tom reminded me that last week we failed to uh, ask you to uh, leave us a review, positive reviews only. Uh, please negative reviews to Matt's personal email as per usual and um, please you know like and do share the, the podcast not least because as I said a couple of episodes ago we're forking out for this studio now yeah Matt's had to take a pay cut for this <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got any suggestions for things you'd like us to cover please drop us an email at podcast at circa5000.com yep got it, got it right yeah unlike when I read it out and get it wrong but <laughs> podcast at circa5000.com you can get in touch um, and actually, topic for this week is is uh, inspired by one of the emails that we we did get, which yep. was talking about when is a good time to start investing, mm. and when and when do you know that you're ready to start investing, and uh, what you should think about in terms of your different goals in terms of short and long term. So yep. we wanted to take a look at uh, when you should start investing, mm-hmm. and I think in uh, in the context of that, I think it's it's we should also almost flip it on its head yeah. and look at the reasons why people don't invest yeah. or some of the barriers to why people would not want to invest their yeah. money. And I think in the context of where we are now, you know, I think the news and and the economic news is is perhaps a, a blocker for people. Yeah, um, you know, we've got high inflation cost of living mm-hmm. uh, crisis, interest rates going up. People don't know about what their mortgage rates will look like. Um, uncertainty around energy bills, etc. There's a lot of reasons why this might just get put on the do it later pile yeah, um, or ignore for now. Yeah. But uh, we want to sort of try and lay out a plan for how you might get yourself comfortable with committing some of your savings to long-term impact investing. Yeah. And so we, we think there's, you know, four key areas or key kind of catch all reasons why people, why people don't invest in that. And the first one is there are other priorities right now, yeah. you know, for example, debt and the cost of living, you know, um, and some of those will be very legitimate, um, especially right now, um, energy bills, fuel bills, et cetera, going up a lot. Um, and so um, we're not saying that everyone should start investing at any given moment. Yeah. Um, there are things that have to go into it, which are related to personal circumstance. Um, and how would you think about approaching that? Um, say you're somebody with, you know, you have uh, you have credit card debt, you don't have any savings yet, you've not built up a cash buff- buffer. How, how should those people start to think about investing? Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's, it's it's good to start to think about prioritizing and different pots of money if you like and actually the temptation is you see something shiny you want to go and invest in it you mm. see some you know new product whatever whereas actually you're not ready to invest at that point it's about getting yourself to a point where you're ready mm-hmm. and you have to have some uh, appreciation for your own financial circumstances yeah so i think the first step would be to understand what you're earning and what you're spending. Yeah. And, you know, you can only really start to invest or save when you have a surplus in that in that equation. Yep. So you can either start to earn more or look at your 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 costs. Both are easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But I think 
it's important to prioritize paying off things like high-cost debt. So if you're in a situation where you've got real high-cost debt, this could look like credit cards, it could look like short-term loans, those type of things, there is no point starting to consider meaningfully investing mm. money if you're paying 25% or even more yep. on credit card or loan debt when the average return of the stock market over time, seven, eight, nine, ten 10%. Yep. It just doesn't make sense. Yep. You're, you're actually a greater return with your money to pay off that, that money that's costing you 25% a year. Yep. So really I would prioritize, first of all, getting that that debt paid down yep. and building up a cash buffer. Yep. So, you know, we go back to it is uncertain times. There are known cost of living increases mm. coming down the track in terms of energy bills and, and all those type of, you know, expenses that are arising due to inflation. And we are in an economic uncertain time, yep. as in, you know, is the economy going to go into a recession? Is how long is that for? How what will the ripple effects feel like? Yep. So, I think it's about sort of sharpening up your own financial situation as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Prioritize paying on the off, off those debts. Build up a cash buffer, and the cash buffer. Different people will tell you different things, yep. but you know, two months salary, six months salary, somewhere in that in that range is normally a, a, a sort of good. Uh, buffer to have not only in the sense that you've got some money to live off if if you you know you end up in a difficult situation but also because things happen you know car breaks down boiler breaks down there's always an unknown expense that happens that you don't necessarily want to be putting on that credit card or taking a loan out for so building up that savings is is the first priority and this is sort of getting yourself to a point where you're investment ready i think is that is the point there yeah and would you do those things kind of in order, or would you look to um, do them kind of in tandem with each other? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think there's a textbook answer, right? <laughs> so the textbook answer would be pay off high cost debt, build up a cash buffer, and then start to invest once you're happy with your cash buffer. Yep. But I actually would say that the psychological elements to this, mm. whereby filling up each bucket in order is probably not the correct way to go. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you've got a higher cost credit card or loan, Put, put most of your money to that first mm. whilst maybe trying to build up a small bit in a cash buffer. And then once you've made a dent in that debt, increase your allocation to the cash buffer and then start putting a small amount towards some yep. investments. And we'll come on to what those investments should look like maybe in a yeah, bit. Yep. But I actually think that what that does is it starts to get you comfortable with the idea of a putting money away that doesn't just get spent because yep. that's a that's a difficult habit to break for a lot of people is yep. you know living month to month week to week, um, and B getting you comfortable with investing. Mm-hmm. It's much more it's much easier to get comfortable with what you consider to be a small amount of money. Yep. You know if you're putting 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 pound a month, depending on what you what you consider to be a relatively manageable manageable amount, that's much more comfortable than if you have to go and put a thousand of your mm. hard-earned cash savings to yep. one side. So I think it's to manage those three in balance, basically. And I think the other point to, to think about right now is that, yes, interest rates and cash savings rates are going up, mm. but inflation is still way ahead of them. Yeah. So if you can go and get a 1.5% cash savings account, 
but inflation is expected to hit 13% later this year. You're still guaranteed to lose money. You're guaranteed to lose. So that that, that money in cash has yeah. no utility value. No. That money, that money in cash has absolutely, it's not earning you anything. It's actually losing you money. Yeah. But all, all it has in terms of value is it's deployable in the short term for those emergency yeah. cover yeah. type expenditures. Yeah. So in terms of thinking about your overall pot, that's where cash feeds in. So, yeah. you know, putting some money towards investing where you can, paying off those high cost debts and building up a, 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 an appropriate cash buffer, yeah. but not over over stocking the cash bucket is probably probably the way I'd think yeah. about it. And that approach that, that you've just outlined, it helps you ingrain the habit of, of starting to invest, which is often the biggest number one thing. And whilst you're doing it small, whilst you're building up and, and, and paying off the, that debt or building up a cash uh, buffer, you're getting used to seeing your money move around because yeah. you've never seen that before. Yeah. You've only ever seen your credit card bill yeah, you've only ever seen your, your your savings, which has been earning next to nothing. So you yeah. won't see that balance moving, but you'll start to see what it's like to see your money fluctuating around. Which at the beginning is a big psychological step to get over. Yeah. So once you've built that up over a period of time, what we see a lot with with our customers is they may start small, they get used to it over a three to six month time period, they feel comfortable with it, they start investing more, and they're used to that journey, and they're used to seeing the money move around week to week, month to month. Yeah. And so that approach helps you ingrain that habit and get over that kind of psychological hurdle much quicker. Yeah, and I think it, it brings us on to uh, the reasons people don't invest. Number two yeah. is that they think that they don't have enough money or that you know you need a lot of money to get started investing. Yeah, and actually, you know what we're saying there is that starting small is actually quite good because yeah. a big, big, big chunk of getting investing right is a sticking to it. So it's not putting money in and then drawing it out, and b getting over the psychological uh, temptation of panicking when when markets start to fluctuate or when your balance starts to fluctuate. Yeah, so. Allocate some money to investing as early as possible. Yeah. And and when we're saying that, that we do mean small amounts. Yeah. If you're in that situation where you're prioritizing paying off debt and you're prioritizing shoring yourself up financially for, for these rising costs or unmet costs, but starting doing something is yeah. is, is that habit forming thing. I still important. I still think there's still a big a big portion of people that think you need to get to the point where you have say ten thousand pounds and then you put it all in investing on day one. Yeah, and I still think the majority of people still think that's what they need to do to invest. But you can start from small, much much smaller amounts. Yeah, you know, five, ten, fifteen, you know, fifty quid, hundred quid a month, whatever you can afford at the start to build it up. And what we think is a great way to get started is by picking that amount and sticking to it monthly, setting yeah. it on autopilot yeah. and just letting it recur. It's actually an investment strategy called dollar cost or pound cost averaging, yeah. meaning that you're, you're setting the same amount on the same day every month and buying kind of regardless. Yeah. And it's a good investment strategy in and of itself, but it's psychologically another way to ingrain the habit, to make it automatic, to make it forgotten about. And you can do that with from very, very little amounts. You don't need to build up this huge buffer to begin. Um, I still think it's a common misconception that you do. Yeah, and it's and it's 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 a much better strat- investment strategy. Mm-hmm. Even if you had the ten thousand, it's actually arguably a better strategy to say, yes. right, spread that over ten Deploy months it. or yeah. six months or whatever, just to get that averaging effect. Yeah. In. It's something that you you and you and I personally have done, and what we do personally is not the right or wrong answer of what to do. But 
we've been doing it for over 10, 11 years with our, with our own money. And we continue to do it to this day because it takes out the emotional nature of investing in the financial financial markets yeah. and uh, in investment markets because every month, no matter what, I have an amount of money that I can afford that I'm investing. And I know that over the long run, that'll amount to a good financial outcome for me. Yeah, I think there's there's a difference here between starting small mm. and expecting small amounts of money to radically transform yes. in value as well, though. Yes. So, um, you know, if you can if you can allocate, you know, fifty quid a month or something like that, you, you'll have six hundred quid by the end of the year. You shouldn't expect that to then turn into six hundred thousand <laughs> by the end of the year. Yeah. You know, you have to be realistic that yeah. that actually. Starting small is only the first step. Yeah. The only real way to build up material amounts over the long term is to increase that amount and stick to it for long long periods of yeah. time. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things that people would say once they're at that point where they're ready to invest, where their high, co- high cost debt is gone and they've got enough in, in cash and they're now looking for options, you know, if you're in, if you're in that fortunate position to do that, is that they they tend to either over over invest yeah. where they end up you know well i'm going to save 2000 pound a month <laughs> and they put it in the account on the 1st of the month and then by the 28th of the month they or, or even sooner they're sort of taking it out the market yeah. and then you're exposing yourself to these short term yeah. amounts or the other end of that spectrum is you know that you can stick to 20 quid yeah. but you know, come the end of the year, you're, you're underwhelmed by the amount that you've managed to accumulate. Yeah. I think setting that amount is a really personal thing. Mm. And I think the, the importance is, is to is to sort of challenge yourself to set an amount that's that's stretchy, take it out of your, you know, your paycheck as soon as you possibly can, but an amount that you can stick to where you won't be clawing it back yeah. month, each month. Yeah. And then challenge yourself to try and gradually increase it, especially if you get to a point where you're having a pay rise or something like that. Yeah. It's important not to just live into that wage that is the temptation that yeah. everyone does. I think people, especially in the past few years, have been sold a meme of what investing actually is in practice. They've been told certain things are investing that aren't, they're more akin to, to gambling. And so if you put 100 quid in this, it could be worth 1,000 tomorrow, then you withdraw it. Um, but what actual proper investing is, is for example, if you put five pounds in an account and at the end of the year it was, it was worth six pounds, that's a 20% return, which is, which is a a solid, a very good year for the stock market generally, you know, over the long run, maybe 10% a year, the S and P's delivered over the past 100 years, you know, annualized, but people would be annoyed with that. It's only become six pounds. Yeah. But on a percentage term, it's still a great outcome. You've deployed very little capital in order to, in order to achieve the outcome. So it's, it's, it's important to understand that you put small amounts of money and it's not going to be life-changing, but it's the way to begin and build up. And then you can build up the amount that you invest into the point where long in the future that those percentage returns have really added up to create a nice pot of money for yourself. Yeah. And then I suppose this this brings on to number three, which is we see as the main reason why why people don't start investing is that they're worried about timing. Yeah. So that's a question you get all the time, yeah. which is, When's the best time to invest? Should I wait for the market to drop? Should I? Should I? You know, when should I be deploying my money? Is it now? Is it? Is it next year? Is it this? Year? And and I think, actually, the well, actually, Tom, when is the best time to invest? 
Um, well, I'd say there's no such thing, basically. Um, it's whenever you're ready, I would say, because in the long run, the short run doesn't matter. And the, and the, you know, the age-old quote of it's time in the market, not timing yeah. the market. Um, an example I had earlier this year, anecdotally, I won't name the, the individual, even though I am related to them, is uh, was somebody approaching me when the market had gone down this year saying, um, should I should I withdraw my money? I didn't there wasn't a yes or no answer. There was, do you need access to that money within the next two, three, four, five years? The answer was no. So they'd answered their own question, basically. Yeah. So there's no, uh, the, the, there's no such thing as the optimal time to start investing. The important thing is to start and have yourself committed to a proper time frame for an outcome. And a proper time frame, honestly, is at least... I would say four years, four or five years, if you're investing in equities predominantly. Yeah. If you're investing in a high-risk equities account, so you're investing in companies that are perceived as slightly more risky, but you could ret- uh, could uh, ret- uh, return you a decent amount of money uh, in compensation for that risk, then you need to be thinking in four or five plus time, year, uh, t- time horizon. Really, in an ideal world, you're thinking 10 plus years. Yeah. And the best investors of all time that have the best... Uh, uh, record are the ones with the longest time horizon. It, yeah. you know, there's, there's no mistake about that because they make solid fundamental investments over massively stretched out timeframes. And if you look at the general stock market over long timeframes, the chance of you um, achieving a positive financial outcome is massively increased the longer you stay in the financial yeah. markets. And so it's important to just begin, but have it in your head that you're doing this for the maximum amount of time that you can, five plus years really. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 the key factor again is probably a psychological one, which is having that discipline and not um, not conceding to that that fear if markets start yeah. to fluctuate. It's really it's really hard. Um, I've done it in the past when I first started investing, panicked and withdrawn and, and lost you know um, a decent amount of money for me at the time. But it's important to just really think and embody long-termism when it comes to investing. And that's five plus years. A guy that, that we read um, and that we listen to called Howard Marks, he runs a, uh, an investment firm called Oak Tree Capital Management. But a lot of the stuff that he produces is a little bit dense, even even for us. It's, it's very, very financial. No, very Even for you. Well, okay. Well, okay. Even for even for me, um, but there is a light podcast version of what he does, which is what I which consume, is I tend to listen to. Which, yeah, um, and uh, he he recently released a podcast, and he released a, a written piece of work called I, "I Beg to Differ." But a big chunk of that was now how, how he perceives being differentiated or differentiated thinking, being long termism and adopting a really hyper long term mindset. Because the whole point of his his argument was, whilst everyone's panicking right now, or they were more so a month or so ago. If you're investing for the long term, do nothing and continue to invest because what you already have is a long-term investment strategy. And these moments in time where the market fluctuate is is, going to happen. You're aware of that. So if you're starting to invest, at some point the market will fluctuate. But as long as your time horizon is sufficiently long, it shouldn't impact you in any great way. Yeah, yeah. And and this is where... Again, it brings us on to sort of the the, the last reason and and some of the some of the mistakes that people make when they start investing is that I think this is a huge barrier that yeah. shouldn't be underestimated. Is investing is just generally a, a massively confusing topic. Yeah, unless you've unless you've unless you've had the education on it, unless you unless you know if if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, and it's it can feel like this impenetrable world where mm. right, I'm ready to start investing, um, but. I need this expertise or even more dangerously is I will try and I will try and do an impression of someone who I think uh, has expertise. So people will start to become the, yeah, a, a stock picker yeah. or uh, start 
punting their money on uh, different cryptos and yeah. things like this. And I think it is a it is a habit that we see when people don't understand what we would term as proper investing. And they think investing is something entirely different to what we describe it as. Yeah. And the big danger with that is that is twofold is A, you end up going straight for the riskiest assets that you can. Yeah. So you start to pick stocks. And we've seen how that can go in the last six, twelve months. They start to throw into cryptos, they start to go into meme stocks yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And the danger of that is ultimately you end up with your fingers burnt. You end up sat on a big loss. Then you tend to cave to the to the panic, which is that you then sell at a loss. Yep. And then your natural inclination then is, well, I'm not going anywhere near that yep. again for the next yep. three, five, six, seven, eight years. And what you've done in that process is you've A, made an immediate loss by the fact that you've, you've sold an investment at less than you bought it for, but you've also missed out on the opportunity of building up a five, however long period of time you scare yourself off for, five-year um, sensible investment yep. journey, which could have returned you actually a healthy return. Yeah, I feel I do feel sorry for people on this point because especially like certain forms of social media have become like a, a cesspool of terrible advice given by charlatans basically on these points. Yeah. And they're using the word investing when really they should be using the word gamble. Yeah. In, you know, put your money in this gamble. If it was framed like that, I think a lot more people would think twice about it. Yeah. But people who have never done any investing before, they may have bought a house, they may have cash savings. They think that's investing in the same way that, that, that the form of investing that we do. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I think it was last year I was in a, I was in a, I was in a taxi, um, in a taxi in, in Wigan and the taxi driver started a conversation with me about how we'd taken out a credit card to put it on Bitcoin. He'd never invested any money before in his entire life. Yeah. And that was the conversation he started with me before even realizing that I worked in the investment industry, that wasn't even the conversation we were having. And so there are real dangerous ramifications to what people have started to do. I think now the market has corrected for crypto and all these meme stocks and all the, all the craziness that happened a few years ago. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are learning a painful lesson. Yeah. And, it sh- and hopefully what, what you said doesn't fully happen, which is they never come back to invest in, they never trust it again. Hopefully there's like a a renaissance of proper long-term investment thinking and they and they find trusted sources yeah. that they can uh, read and they can learn about what proper investing is and what, what long-termism is, what diversification, not putting your eggs in one basket is, and just learn some fundamental investment principles so that they can build their long-term financial future, have a good retirement, build a good pension, et cetera, and not be scared off by what's happened uh, in the past few years. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is, go. we go back to, the, the episode we did on the four things you need to know about investing, this is basically answers mm-hmm. this question, which mm-hmm. is, you know, real long-term investing is, well, reassuringly boring, basically. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's not something that you do for an adrenaline kick. It's yep. not something that you do for, you know, a hobby, or it's not something that you, you should be using to, to sort of get that little gambling kick that you want at yep. the weekend. It should just be something that you are actually committing for the long-term with your life savings yeah you know so they should have a lifetime time horizon for or at least till retirement time horizon for the majority of those things and it should be done in a way that's sensible and balanced yeah you know it's if you want the adrenaline kick go and do something else yeah yeah, yeah. go and do bungee jumping or something <laughs> like that but it's not a way to 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 deal with your own no. life savings no it's not proper forward thinking financial planning and you should not rely on it to to help you achieve the outcomes that, that you want to achieve I've had a conversation with people in the past where they're like, yeah, but I want to do a little bit of that. Well, if you must, 
do it with a tiny percentage of your money and treat it like money you'd take to Vegas with you, yeah. which is money to lose. <laughs> your, fin- your financial your financial future cannot depend on those kinds of yeah. things. It has to be a proper thought through, you know, boring long-term strategy. Yeah. And I think it's also important to think about the motives of people who are pushing that that thing. You know, yeah. if you're if you're trading on a platform that's taking a commission, yeah. either in the form of a, an actual commission or in a in a, a an FX spread every time you buy or sell, yeah. then what do they want you to do? They want yeah. you to buy and sell all the time. Exactly. You know, yeah. in the same way that a bookmaker wants you to carry on placing bets because ultimately who wins? Exactly. Um I think the other the other quick point I want to make on this one is that is that people think they need to beat the market. Mm. When you start talking about investing, people automatically say, well, I want to beat the market. I've got to beat the market. Well, A, the professionals don't do it. Yeah. You know, it's less than half of active managers, people who set out to beat the stock market, actually beat it yeah. in returns. And B, you're getting 1.5% in a cash account and you're getting 10% on average for long-term stock market investing. Yeah. So why do you need to beat the market? Yeah, yeah. Market yeah. returns actually fine. What you need to do is think really long term and let that market return just compound over time. Yeah. Then you don't have a problem. What you don't, you know, people don't do this necessarily in in other aspects of their life where they need to beat something. You know, yeah. It doesn't need to be a competitive element. It no. just needs to be right for you personally. Yeah. The market generally can return you a great, solid, repeatable financial return over the long term. So the idea of beating the stock market is just uh, it's a bit bravado. It's unnecessary, really. You. you when you're thinking about investing, you should think about it, as you just said, I'm in cash. That's basically losing me money, me money for inflation. How do I at least beat inflation? Um, and you can do that by earning the market return over the long term. Yeah. So that's it. That's our, that's our reasons people don't invest. Yeah. Um, and perhaps some ways for you to think about when investing might be right for you. Important to say that, you know, Financial advice is like visiting your GP. You can't really give medical advice on mass, and you can't really give financial advice on mass. So, yep. uh, nothing in this is is meant to be specific financial advice for you. It's meant to give you some ideas to go away and think about, and make sure that whatever direction you take uh, is suitable for you personally. And, and if you if you're unsure on that, then you should you should seek proper advice from a professional who can speak to you about your personal situation. Thank you, everyone. Until next time. Thanks. Goodbye. Impact investing from circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.